have been here. And I know he's a great blessing to you guys and his precious wife. So without any further ado, y'all give it up for Brother Benny. Just let him know that you love and appreciate him. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Can you do that? Amen. It's so good to be here tonight. And uh, um, appreciate Pastor giving me a box to stand in. So, uh, amen. <laughs> just, a, just a little box, but that's okay. And we'll have a good time tonight. Uh, man, uh, it's been a good conference, huh? Yeah, I've, I've listened to some of it online and was here last night and enjoyed all of it. The presence of God's just been awesome. And uh, just real quick, i just share this before my wife's going to sing for us tonight here in just a second. But uh, I was telling Pastor today at lunch that every time I come here uh, during communion and during that early part of the service, there's such an awesome tearing, tugging at the heart. And, uh, you know, you're here every week. And so you're going to experience that time and time again. So, you know, I don't know how it is with you, but... Since I was a kid, I got saved every night before I went to bed. <laughs> you know, when I wasn't living for the Lord and I, and I would, you know, during, you know, I uh, had a few rebellious years during high school and even middle school and stuff. But uh, I've served the Lord the, the most of my life. I've been in full-time ministry for over 25 years. It's the only career I've ever had. But uh, during those rebellious years, there was never a time that I laid my head on my pillow that I didn't pray and say, Lord, if you come tonight, take me with you. And I repent repented, you know, and uh, I know I was working through some things, and God was gracious to me, kept me alive, but every time we come, and we take that communion, and pastor gets to that part where he starts talking about examining your heart, it, it touches me every time, every time, and so that you know, that's not common, you know, that's something very special, and, and again, I was sharing with that, with, with him at lunch, and, and it just really touches my heart every time, moves me to to just a place of weeping and a place of examining and a, a place of, God, I just want more of you. Um, so, uh, so I just want you to know that's a very special thing. I, I believe, and, and he said this at lunch, but I believe this, that that's a part of that revival that's still alive and well in this ministry. It's that part that says we need to examine our hearts and um, we need to make sure that we're ready. Amen. And so, uh, so I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, I was going to share it at some point in the service, but I thought, well, I'll just share it with you now. But um, we appreciate uh, Pastor Scott and Sandy so much. Man, what a precious gift from heaven. Can you just put your hands together and thank God for your gifts? Amen. We appreciate just your generosity and being so good to ministry and such a love for the Lord. We appreciate you and we honor you. So it's, it's so awesome to have my wife. I know, uh, I don't know how long I've been coming here, almost, maybe 10 years, something close. So it's been a long time, and y'all never laid eyes on her until September, you know, so uh, I think uh, Pastor was convinced she wasn't real, you know. Um, he, he, he'd met all, I think that you guys met all the kids, maybe not Reggie, I don't know if you've met my, our daughter, but you met, met the two boys, well, they came from somewhere, <laughs> but uh, my, my precious wife, man, we uh, celebrated 26 years of marriage, amen, and uh I love her more today than I did the day we got married. She's just my, she's my, she's my everything. She's not my right hand. She's not, she doesn't just stand beside me, stands with me, but she's just my everything. So it's just awesome to have her today. But she's going to sing, man. She, she led worship for years. We were, he was talking, pastor was talking about Brianne's voice, and I, I nudged her because, boy, we know all about that. 
you know, at the end of camp meeting, you know, we did a, we did a month of revival. Of course, we did a month of revival with Basil Howard Brown, and then we did several months of revival. In our early days of ministry, we didn't have anybody else. It was just us. I was watching you guys handle that baby. We would, uh, we would sing, and then she'd, uh, I'd hold the baby, and then when I preach, she'd hold the baby. You know, so, uh, man, that brought, brought back such awesome memories. But, man, we ha we've had such an awesome time in ministry, so many great revivals, and we're just excited about being here and what's going to happen tonight. So uh, just give her attention for a moment and just enter into worship, and I believe God's going to set you up for miracles tonight. Amen. Do you believe that? Praise the Lord, everybody. 26 years is a long time to put up with me. He's done great. He's done a great job. <laughs> I just want to just talk to you for just a second before I start singing this song that's called the goodness of God and that is something that I'll testify till the day I die is the goodness of God if you just knew half of what he's brought us through um I, there was a day that ca that came um and that I realized that not everybody liked me and I'm telling you I was devastated because I thought everybody you know I'm, just, I'm as nice as they come for real and I found out one day that there are people out there, they just do not care for me. And, um, but the reason why is because they said I was too happy and that had to be fake. That's what they said. And, but I'm going to tell you, if you know what I've been, if you've been through the things I've been through, if you know what I've been through, you'd be happy too, all the time just happy all the time. And so I'm no respecter of persons. I'll be at a bank. I'll be at a gas station. And if somebody has something good to say, my automatic response is going to be praise God. I mean, it, and that, and I mean it. They're not just words to me. I'm going to give him honor. I'll be watching news stories on the news and somebody will get on, get on there and start talking about how they overcame something. And I'm like, praise God, praise God. And the whole time they will never say it. And I'll remember like, I'll tell God, God, I, I praised him for you. I, I, I praised you for them. I did it. I praised you for them. They didn't give you any glory, but I will always give you glory for everything because I know that you are the giver of life and you are the author of my, my salvation. And there's no other thing that I'd, I want to do more than anything in the world is, than to say, he's been good to me. Every, even in this time of COVID, he has been good to me. He's been good to my family. I practiced this song with my daughter here a couple months ago, and she actually did the second verse. And there's a line in it that says, I have lived in the goodness of God. And I'm telling you, it brought tears to my eyes because she's 20 years old. And to hear her say, I have lived in the goodness of God, that's all she's ever known is the goodness of God. Your mercies never failed me And all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able 
Revelations chapter 3, verse 7. I'm just going to read, uh, oh, really just one verse. I'll make a couple other, other references. 
uh, Revelations 3, 7, and it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, saith he that is holy and he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that open up a door that no man shutteth, and shutteth a door that no man can open. Lord, I thank you for this word. I ask that it challenge us, change us, and cause us to be all you've called us to be. In your name we pray. Lord, I ask that your blessings fall on this house, Lord, in a mighty way, Father. I ask that you bless their goings, their comings, everyone connected. God, every tither, Lord, I ask that you bless them exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Every person that is given sacrificially, Lord Jesus, I ask that you bless them according to your word. The Bible says some 30, 60, and some hundredfold. Lord, I ask that uh, I call forth a hundredfold blessing, Lord. Lord, I ask that their, everything that they put their hands to is blessed and multiplies. God, I ask that you bless them in business. Bless their families. Let their families prosper, Lord. Let their sons and daughters, their prodigals, let them come home. Let their husbands and wives be found in the house of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for it, and we give you the glory, and we give you the praise. Lord, we speak good health over them and ask that you continue to bless them with good health and long life, Lord. We thank you for it, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, and so the word says that God will open a door that only God can open. Have, has anybody ever had a God, God open up a door for you that only God could have opened? Um, you know, I, was, I, I cannot remember when I first came and preached here at the river. You know, of course, we were still at the house. Um, I think I came a couple times there, so I don't know how long ago that was. So 2001, 12. That's probably, yeah, that's probably right, 2011, 2012. So, you know, close to a decade. But that being said... That was a God door. That was a God door. God put it in the heart of your pastor, put it in my heart to connect, and we built a friendship, and from there, I believe that there are uh, many miracles that we've seen here in this house, I believe, because we have gotten, when you get the right kind of people together, all kinds of good stuff can happen. Did you know that? When you get people of like faith, when you get people that will believe with you. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've just said, I wish I had somebody that would just believe with me right now for a miracle. I just wish I had somebody that had faith. Many times in my life I've stood by myself and I've said, God, if I just had somebody that had the faith to stand with me and to speak encouragement over me. And when you get people like that together, there are awesome things that are going to happen. And I believe what God did was in 2011, 2012, he opened up a door that only God could have opened. Only God could have opened that door. It's funny, but we had had, I think you guys had had uh, uh, uh uh, Basil Howard Brown in. We didn't know each other then, but uh, that was kind of a connection, and he was supposed to be here with you guys, but he had to cancel with you. I didn't even know that, but he told me it was uh, Rockwell, Texas, or Garland, however it was at that time, but I found out later it was Pastor Scott, but he canceled on you guys because he was stuck there with us. We had people came from all over America. Man, we were right smack dab in the middle of revival once again. It was a door that God opened, and only God could have opened that door. And see, when you start walking through doors that only God can open, what you have to recognize is it's only God that can close that door. See, now, that doesn't mean you can't foul it up. So God can give you an awesome job. You can walk through a door, and you can not go to work. 
You cannot pay your tithes, not give your offerings. You can be unfaithful to what God's given you, and you can lose it, okay? But uh, that's not God shutting the door. That's us not taking care of the gift that God's given us. We're to be a good steward of over everything that God's put in our hearts. But I believe if you're at a place where God's opening doors for you and opening up opportunities for you, you are at a place where God's beginning to move in such a way that you can't foul it up. You understand? Do you know that there are miracles that God can lay into your life and into your family that'll be so great you can't foul it up? You know, Abraham tried over and over and over to foul up his miracle, didn't he? But somehow God made a way to get a son to him that changed everything. Uh, I want you to know God's getting ready to do something so powerful inside of you that you can't mess it up. And I believe there's an, there is a prophetic word that is coming to the house of God that is going to be so on time and it's going to be so perfective that the enemy can't foul it up. You know, for two for years, the enemy tried to foul up Jesus coming and and uh, uh, foul up the perfect plan of God. But God had a secret the whole time, and I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, the enemy thought, "Oh, I've done it." I've had my way. They'll never do what they said. But three days later, when Jesus came up out of that grave, that prophetic word was so powerful that the devil could not mess it up. I believe that God's getting ready to do a work inside of you, inside of your family, inside of your job that is going to be so powerful that the enemy can't foul it up. You're not even going to be able to mess it up. What God's going to do in this church, the, the city has no control over it. Uh, people coming and going have no control over it. What God God's getting ready to do in this house is going to be so sovereign and so holy. God's going to say, I've been planning this for years. You have been a cog in the machine that's going to cause the miraculous to come forth. And many people will be saved and healed and delivered by the power of God because there have been people that have cried out with a hungry heart for revival and a move of the spirit. And I believe something is getting ready to happen through this place, in this place, around this place that only God God can do. Man, if you can't shout on that, you're not shouting tonight. <laughs> I, uh, I was sitting over here, and, and uh, I just, of course, I always love the atmosphere that's here. There's always such a Holy Ghost atmosphere. But I'm sitting here, and I looked out at that parking lot, and Pastor, I could see that parking lot full of people that were hungry. And I didn't see you meeting in here. I seen you meeting in an old tent out there in the parking lot, and I seen people coming and being touched by the power of God. Not just, uh, not just, uh, uh, you know, instantly we began to think the neighborhood people and, and see people come in from the bars, but I saw a move of God that was taking place. Now, you know, uh, I think that the tent is, uh, is a uh, illustration of the glory that's getting ready to come to the house because it was in that tent in the old church that God brought the glory up under. I believe that this is a house that God's brought the glory up under this house. And all of those that are connected to this house and this pastors and this ministry, God's going to show you his glory in a way that only God can. See, God's getting ready to open up a door for you that only God can open. God will bring you bring people across your path that God can only bring upon, only God can do it. Uh, now, I'm not preaching to you the message I wanted to preach tonight. It's not. It's not I want to talk about the fire tonight. You know, it talked here, we talked about, this is, uh, this is written in red in my Bible. This is Jesus talking. He talks about the angel of the church of Philadelphia. I wanted to talk about the prophet being up on the mountain and calling fire down from heaven. And destroying 50, 50 of the, uh, the king's men who tried, to who tried to come against the move of God. 
And then 50 more that were destroyed. And then finally, somebody thought, well, maybe I ought to hear the voice of God, try and hear what God's saying. And he says, hold on, buddy, don't call down fire this time. <laughs> That's what I want to preach to you tonight. But in a time when everything has been shut up and shut down, I believe God is right now opening things up. As sure as I'm standing here, I heard the Lord say when everything was shut up that God was going to open up the heavens over the church. And I believe that there are a there is a faithful group of people under the sound of my voice tonight that if you will have an ear to hear, God will open heaven over you and pour a blessing upon you and your whole household that you're not going to be able to contain. Uh, right now, I hear prodigals calling you. I hear prodigal sons and daughters, husbands and wives calling you and saying, I want to come home. I want to get my heart life. I want to get my life right. I need a change. I, I hear uh, hungry husbands that have been hungry for the things of the world that are going to start being hungry for the things of God. And they're going to let you know we are hungry for a move of God in the family. Listen, there is something when men begin to pray. Don't get me wrong. You know, ladies, y'all can touch heaven. Now, we know that. But there is something about when men will get together and cry out to God, there is something that's going to open up. Well, why? Wives, I'm here to tell you that your, your husbands are getting ready to hear from heaven. And all of the obstacles, the barriers are getting ready to be removed. And God's going to place a hunger inside of them because God is going to open a door that only God can open. See, some of you, you've got to realize there are some sovereign things that only God can do. Listen, when I was away from God, my mom tried everything she could to get me saved. My mom drugged me to church. Y'all ever been drugged to church? I was. I was made to go. I remember the night my life changed forever. The night that the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and received, the, received my call to ministry. Received my prophetic word. And it, was, uh, it was September of 1992. I walked inside that old church and I no more wanted to be there than anything. My, I, my mom called me. I was working and she said, Benny Dean. We're going to church tonight. And I said, well, I'm glad you're going to church. I'm not. Y'all got to know my mom. She's about that tall, but she was a firecracker, okay? Uh, and she, she, in her way, let me know I was going to church that night. And uh, I told her, I said, I got a date. And she said, well, you can bring your date. <laughs> and I didn't want any of that. I want to do my own thing. And so that night, I, I called up my my, uh, 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 the young lady I was dating, and I said, well, I guess we're going to church tonight. She said, well, I don't want to go to church. I said, well, I don't either, but we're going. <laughs> My mom had a way, you know. When I walked in that night, I don't remember the songs that were sung, but I could not wait for that altar call. It was a sovereign move of God. God was opening up a door that only God could open up. I sat there in that pew and hated everything I was feeling. I hated that God was tugging at my heart. I hated that my life was getting ready to change forever. I hated that my relationships were getting ready to be turned upside down. But God was doing a work in me that only God could do. It wasn't long before I broke up with this little girl. And what I did not know is the night I walked in that door, this little lady over here laid her eyes on me. And she whispered into the ear of her friend sitting next to her, I'm going to marry that man someday. A true story. True story. And um, she, uh, we didn't even know each other. And she, the, the young lady, whispered in her ear, I'm going to marry that young man right over there. Well, here we are 20, 26 years later, and here we are together. <laughs> it was a sovereign move of God. God opened up a door that only God could have opened up. 
I remember the first time I laid eyes on my wife at the same church just a few months later. Um, my life had been turned upside down. Everything that was familiar to me had been changed. And she comes bouncing in the church and sits in the row next to me. And we laugh over it today because uh, um, I thought she was 12. I did, you know, I remember what she had on. She had on this little sailor dress, and, and I remember her worshiping God, and she was so free and jumping and shouting. I told my mom, I said, well, that little girl's cute. It's too bad. She's 12, you know. And, um, but, but the whole time, Pastor, God was opening up a door that only God can open. See, if you will seek him with your whole heart, he will open up opportunities for you. If you will just cry out, God, I want you more than anything. We've never made decisions based on money. We've made them based on what God wanted us to do. We may have never made decisions based on what looked like it made sense. We made, we made decisions based on what God wanted us to do. In uh, 19, uh, uh, 1993, 92, God put a seed in my heart, opened up a door in my heart, uh, gave me a prophetic word. I remember the prophetic word to this day. I remember the minister walking up to me. I'm sitting there, and he grabbed a hold of my mom by the hand, and he said, sis, God's going to give you a healing. I, some of you have shared some of the miracles that took place with my mom, but my mom had a tumor she'd have a couple different times in her stomach. Pastor, when she sat down, it looked like an apple was sitting on her chest. And I remember that precious man of God put his hand on her stomach and instantly, didn't say a word, instantly it was gone just like that. She had had a, they called, the doctors called it a frozen shoulder. She couldn't lift her arm above her head. I mean, she just had real limited movement. All of a sudden, that little arm shot up. The power of God touched her. I knew, I already knew God was real. Like I said, I got saved every day. But uh, I knew God was real, but God was revealing his power to me. And uh, God was, uh, he, walked, he walked past her. I mean, that was kind of the end of it. And I remember crying out, God, don't leave me today. God, I need you. I'd never been spoken over prophetically. I was 19 years old. I, 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 I wasn't living for the Lord, but I needed God to move for me. And uh, all of a sudden, he turned around, grabbed me by the hand. He said, son, you've been running from a call of God for a long time. He said, all of a, said you've been running from a, from a call of God your whole life. And he said, but God's caught up with you. And he says, and from this day forward, your life will never be the same again. For the first time in my life, I went out under the power of God's. And God instantly changed my life forever. Uh, a few years later, we had that same precious man back. My, uh, Jude and I were pastoring in, Indiana, in, uh, in uh, uh, Waterloo, Iowa. We had him come back to our church, and we had revival for four weeks. Every night for four weeks, didn't take a night off. We saw miracles, healing, signs, and wonders. God, God did so many awesome things, but in that moment, God opened up a door that only God can open. Are you hungry tonight for God to open up a door for you that only God can open? See, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's going on around you. If you're in a room and there is no good door, God will create one. God will put a door in the floor to get you out if necessary. Uh, you might open up the door and there's hell in the hallway. Well, then God will open up another door and get you through to the other side. But I want you to know no matter what's going on in your life, God will give you a way of escape. God will open up a door for you. 
Um, many times in my life I've been in a situation where I needed the power of God. I needed a move of God. I needed God to open up a door. I had gotten myself into a situation. I had uh, gotten myself into trouble. To, uh, and God is so faithful. Even in my ignorance, God would open up a way and make a way of escape for me. It was a door that only God could open. And uh, Jesus says here that I've got a special key for you. It's the key of David. Now I'm going to minister to folks in just a minute uh, when we're all done. And I, I've got, I feel like I'm full of words tonight, okay? I've been praying this afternoon and last night. And I, I, I just feel, I feel like I'm full of words. But when I read this sitting over here, Pastor, you, you're in Sandy's face, fell before me instantly. And the Lord told me that there was a David anointing on you. And the Lord said that he had put the key of David in your hands. Come on, somebody. See, David was both the king and a priest. And so that you understand what a king and a priest does, the, uh, the kingly anointing was the ruling anointing. But the priestly anointing, the prophetic anointing, was the anointing that heard the voice of God. But David operated in both places. He wore both hats. And the Lord told me that the two of you would wear both hats. And as surely as you're in this place tonight, that, that God was going to open up a door for you in this season that no man could shut. In fact, uh, during a time of everything being shut up, God's about to open up a door. Miss Sandy, as sure as I sat over here and the Lord told me these things about you, he said, and tell my daughter that I have placed a prophetic word in her mouth. The Lord wants you to know that he has placed a prophetic unction, a prophetic word in your life. In fact, as you sit there tonight, I see an angel that has slipped up behind you and has put a prophetic mantle on your shoulders. Um, and I believe that the enemy has sought your lifetime to destroy the word that God has placed inside of you, that prophetic word. But I want you to know that God is opening up a door for you that no man can shut. In fact... Man, I, I, don't, I don't do this very often, but I see three doors that stand before you. Uh, they're all the right door. You're going to go through all of them. One of them is a door you've been through before. One of them is a door you almost got through, and it got shut in your face, but God's getting ready to open it back up. And the third one is a door that's going to bring so much blessing into your life that you've not even began to dream of it yet. Somebody ought to give God a praise tonight. But there is a, God, has put a, God has put a master key in your hand. It is the key of David. And God wants you to know that the key of David, as I, as I was praying about this message, the key of David is like what they had in an old hotel. Uh, uh, Benjamin, uh, an old, the old hotels had a skeleton key. And a skeleton key, they could take it to any door and uh, could open up any door. I believe that God has got a skeleton key. He's getting ready to give this body of believers. And it does not matter if the doors seem locked. You're not going to have to beat on it until your knuckles bleed. God's going to cause a door to open up for you in favor. And God's going to give you what you need. I see the hungry coming from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I see the lost and the broken and the destitute. But don't forget about the prosperous. God is also going to bring the wealthy and the rich and those that are hungry for a move of God. Friend, I want you to know that God is opening up a door that only God can open. Well, I feel like shouting tonight. I'm, a, I'm Pentecostal through and through. I'm not unashamedly Pentecostal. Don't care. I'm just, I'm just hungry for a move of God. God's getting ready to open up a door that only God can open up. When I was in high school, um, 
when, when I had this encounter with God when I was 19 years old, I was still in high school. I was getting ready to graduate. I was graduating early. Uh, I was graduating mid-semester. After my mom had gotten healed and I'd gotten touched, I went and I told my buddy Rex everything that had gone on. In fact, I told everybody. <laughs> everybody I came across, you know, I wasn't saved, and then all of a sudden I was a different person. And um, took me it took me a few months to get things right, but uh, I went from I just, I went from darkness to light. I was trying to get people to go to church with me, and you know, doing everything I knew to do as a believer. And I uh, I told my friend Rex about how God healed my mom, and uh, the things that He had done for her when I was a boy. Some of you have heard me tell this before, but my mother had a ten pound tumor, and uh, as just a, as a five year old boy. I remember going into the doctor's office with my mom. They prepped her for surgery, and the doctor looking at us and saying, we don't know what happened, but somewhere between last night and this morning, the tumor disappeared. Come on. Well, the difference was Jehovah Rapha came and slipped in our, my mother's hospital room and healed her that night. And uh, I shared those things with my friend. And, you know, you know, you might maybe some of you have shared those testimonies with people, and you think, it's went in one ear and out the other, not thinking much of it. About uh, six years later, I had an incident arise at the church where I had to go down to, uh, uh, back to my hometown and had to go meet with uh, 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 DHS. I don't know what you call it here, but it's the Division of Family and it helps out with those situations. And, and so I go in there and I sit down at a chair. There was a young man sitting behind the desk and it happens to be my friend Rex. And so we went through, and you know, man, I didn't know that you worked here, and how you been, and we just exchanged some things. Rex was a major atheist, had no desire to serve God, had no desire to do anything right, very full of himself and doing what Rex wanted to do. After we were done dealing with the family and they left, man, I got up, and I went around the desk, and he got up, and we hugged and uh, shared the love of Jesus with him, and we're sitting there, and pastor, he looks at me. And he said, do you remember telling me about your mom? And I said, yeah, I remember the night I told you. And he said, um, tears began to fall down his face. He said, Benny, if anybody else would have told me that, he said, if I would have heard it on television, if I'd have went to a church and I would have heard it from them, I would never have believed that. But because you were my friend, because I knew you. I knew the good you. I knew the bad you. But I knew you. He said, tell me more about this Jesus. Now, Rex didn't give his heart to the Lord that day, but we began to communicate. Back then, the Internet was still pretty new. This was uh, uh, late, uh, uh, late 90s, and so we're emailing back and forth. But I'll never forget the day I got a letter from Rex, an email, and it just simply said, Benny, I think you're the one that's going to lead me to Jesus. Friend, God's getting ready to open up. Don't be afraid to share your testimony because there is somebody who is going to listen because God has given you a master key. God has given you a key that will open up every door. And I believe that it is the key of favor. God is releasing favor upon his church like never before. You know God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. 
God wants you favored more than you want. I was listening to Pastor last night, and he was sharing some of the things, and, and all my mind began to think about all the times I had those kinds of things happen in my life. But we just had an awesome move of God up in Oklahoma, and there was a couple different churches up there, and God just really moved big. And in the midst of this, some of our meetings got shut down, but we had outside church instead of inside church, and it worked out. Well, uh, the pastor that had invited me in, this is what he said. He said, Brother Benny, you know, I, know, I know him. You know, I don't know him real well, but I know him. I even preached for him sometime years ago. He said, I had been praying and asking God about you because I wanted to connect with you, but I'm not really trusting of people right now because he'd gotten burnt. And he's, he came to one of those services there when I was in the area. What was that little town that we were in? No, Blanchard was where we were. Before that, we were somewhere else, but... I can't even think of the name of the little town, but they were kind of all running together. And he, uh, Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay, Oklahoma, out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we, were in the, we were having services in the middle of an old field. You know, beautiful building, but it was out in the middle of a field. And a handful of people that was there. And, but we had a move of God. And uh, he came to the Saturday night service. You know, we, we went out to eat afterwards and just fellowshiped a little bit. But he said he was asking God, should I have Benny come in? Is this, a, is this a connection? Because, you know, as a pastor, you know you can't have everybody come in. It's not possible. But God will connect you with the right people that will connect with you. And, and, and it just, that's just how it works. And so he was praying. And he said, I, I went down to the mall and I got my hair cut. So I've had the same hairdresser for years. And, and the hairdresser, I, maybe that's the wrong terminology. But he don't go to a barber. He goes to a hairdresser. So I guess that's what it is. Lord, help me. Pastor David, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. Um, but he said, the lady who cuts my hair <laughs> said, uh, I went to this meeting out in Lindsay, Lindsay, Oklahoma. And uh, he said, Lindsay, Oklahoma, where at? And he said, the church was New Life. And he says, well, I know that church. Said, yeah, he says, man, there was this crazy preacher out there. <laughs> so I took my husband. He don't even go to church. He says, man, they, they began to pray with us and began to tell us things that only God knew. He says, my husband's not even saved and in church. But he began to minister things to my husband. And he said, said my husband's heart changed that night. And I remembered the couple. And what happened was, Pastor Scott, I was in front of them, and I was praying over them. And uh, I, there was a couple people in the family. I prayed for both of them. But I prayed for the, the young lady and her husband. And I took him by the hand, and I said, love it. You know, you know, sometimes things mean something to you, but it means something else to the person you're standing in front of. His name was Lovett. And he looked at me and he started crying. And he said, the Lord knows my name. Oh, come on, somebody. And the pastor's telling me this. He said, Brother Benny, he said, God was telling me that I need to have you come in. We came in, we started having revival services. Power of God began to move. The people from all the other services started coming in and began to tell their testimonies. There was a lady who came in with a crooked spine. God straightened up her spine. Another lady came in and her family was falling apart and God put their family back together. One by one, this, was, this meeting was two months prior to this and here we are, but God opened up a door that only God could have opened up. He just happened to make sure that minister was sitting in the right chair 
at the right place at the right time. See, God is orchestrating some things in your life right now where he is bringing the right people across your path that's going to bring blessing to you, going to bring miracles to you. God's get right now get ready to speak to the heart of a principal. Get ready to speak to the heart of a boss. God's get ready to speak to the heart of somebody right now in your favor. And you're going to see God move for you and you're going to step back and say, God has given me a key of favor and he's going to bless my goings and my comings. And uh, the angel said, this is true. This is true. What I tell you, and again, this is written in red. It's Jesus speaking. What I'm telling you is true. See, uh, uh, my whole life, I've, we've, we've flowed in the prophetic. The very first time I ever preached, got up in the pulpit and really preached. I, when I was a kid, my pastor let me get up a couple times. But I, uh, I got the chance to preach to the, the kids at our Christian school. So I got up and I preached to them. And when I was done preaching, I began to minister to them prophetically. I'd never done it before, Pastor. It just, it was in me. And then the pastor said, can you preach the midweek service this week? And Sister Karen, sure, sure as anything, I preached that midweek. I remember the message that I preached. It was revelation to me. But I remember the message that I preached. And uh, I, at, when I was done preaching, I went through and began to speak over people's lives. I, it's just always what I've done. It's just, it's just in me. And so I live by 2 Chronicles 20, 20 that says, To believe in the Lord God, you'll be established, but believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. See, this is the thing. We, sometimes we try to argue with God over what we hear from our pastor or spiritual authority or a spiritual leader. But the Bible says that if you'll believe them, you'll prosper. Now, a word needs to bear witness with you, Okay. So if somebody comes to you and tells you God's sending you to Africa and you make plans to go to Africa, you need to take that person with you. Come on, I'm serious. Because if you, if you don't know you're going to Africa and you need somebody to tell you, you got bigger problems than going or not going to Africa, okay? So, you know, people all the time, they'll give me a prophetic word. God's sending you to the nations and all these different things. And I'm, Pastor, I'm just going to be honest. It don't bear witness with me, and I know that. I love them. I respect it, but it doesn't bear witness. If it doesn't bear witness, it's okay. Just simple as that. That's, that's, just, that's just where it is. I'm not going to tear the ministry down. It just did not bear witness. But see, there's something very special about believing that prophetic word. There's something about when God knits your heart with someone. A pastor comes to me and shares something with me. I'm writing it down, and I'm saying, all right, this is God. So the other day, I got a call from a good friend of mine. And he said, Brother Benny, the Lord wants you to know everything you're going to do is going to flourish. Everything. Goes, I, I was excited about that word. I called my wife and said, hey, so-and-so just called me and said, the Lord said I was going to flourish. And I, maybe two weeks ago, we were at our church, our home church, on a Sunday morning. I've been home a little bit more than normally what I would have been. Sunday afternoon, we have afternoon service. Home a little bit more than what I normally would be. But my pastor said, Brother Benny, the Lord wants me to tell you you're getting ready to flourish. So here, all of a sudden, that word is alive inside of me. It's already in my heart. Now I've got two people that's come along my path that's told me God was going to cause everything I do to flourish. He's put a word inside of me. Man, I believe that word. God's revealing it to me over and over and over again. And see, and then he goes on to tell us in Amos chapter 3 that God can't do anything unless he first reveals it to the prophets. So the problem we're having in the church today 
And the, the reason there's the dysfunction is we have taken the words away from prophetic ministries and prophets. And what's happened is because of that, we're not allowing them to speak. See, now you're hearing me uh, talk about people coming from the north, south, east, and west. I'm not blowing smoke. I, Pastor, I believe it. You believe it. Church, you believe it. It's in your vision. It's in your heart. So what's happened is, in order to activate that word in a supernatural realm, I wish somebody would help me. What God did was he got people together of like faith and said, if I get you together in one place and in one accord, kind of like on the day of Pentecost, and you begin to open up your mouth and just like on Pentecost there's going to be a lot of folks that won't understand what you're saying but I'm going to put you with some folks that's going to know but then there will be others that will say who are these unlearned people speaking these great things Don't, didn't we know them when they were out in the world didn't we know them when they were pimps and pornographers didn't we know them when they were alcoholics didn't we know them when they were nobodies but look at them today they've been anointed and appointed by the power of God there's been a change in their life. See, I want you to get it in your spirit. God wants you to get around people that you can speak prophetic things around and it's going to hit home and it's going to come to pass. Amen. See, I, uh, the kingdom of God is not just new cars and houses. And I know the prophetic culture today has made it a lot about those things, okay? But one thing I have learned about the kingdom of God is it is the same faith that will get folks up out of the wheelchair that will get you into your new house. It's the same faith. You might say, Brother Benny, I don't, I don't need a house, but what do you need? It's the same faith. We needed a house. Right. We needed our own home, not, not a rented home. We, we had lived in our own home for, for 20 years. And then when we transitioned in ministry, we, we lived in a rent house. And it's, you know, our credit was good. We'd done everything right, but... Because of ministry and the way we make money, it was very difficult for us to, but it just, it just took time. But God worked it out. So I, understand, I understood needing the house. There was a moment when I stood around and there were people that we spoke over their lives. Sister Karen, you've heard many of the testimonies, but people who were getting houses all around us that God was using us to help them. And we needed a house. I didn't get mad or get bitter or anything like that. I just stood and said, all right, God, I just know we're next. Come on, somebody. I, uh, a pr precious young lady, she might be watching tonight, um, good friend of ours in ministry, one of our ministry partners, her name's Christine, mom and daddy pastor up in Wisconsin. Me and, uh, me and Sean Strong, pastor, were, were preaching in Des Moines, and it wasn't even my night to preach, Sean preached that night, and uh, I was just there, and Christine was there, and Sean said, Brother Benny, you're supposed to go pray for Christine, so I went over and I started praying for Christine. And I said, Lord, I've got a word for you, but the Lord told me to tell you I'm going to save your house. Simple little word. That was it. No more profound than that. No, we give a much bigger, more detailed word than I'm going to save your house, but uh, I'm going to save your house. And so uh, we went out to dinner, and there's you know, 20 or 30 of us at the table. Christine sat across from us. We didn't talk about it. I liked that. See, I don't try to be standoffish, but I'm trying to guard my gift. And if I know too much, then it's hard for me to minister. But if I don't know anything, then I can minister freely and not have to worry about this came from my mind or my soulless realm or if it came from the Spirit of God. So this was September of, what was it, Pastor Judah? 17, 18? 17, 18? 
this is September, in December, during our downtime, I usually take most of the month of December off for Christmas and New Year's. And uh, for family time, to get caught up, I take that time, I write books, we put together projects. But I get a call from another friend of mine, he says, Brother Benny, do you remember Christine? That's Christine. So yeah, you met her in Des Moines, you told her a word about her house. I said, yes, I remember Christine. And he said, have you heard her testimony? I said, no, I, you know, I've not heard from her since I was there. And she said, well, you know, her mom and daddy passed her up in Wisconsin. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't know that. And he, she said, he said, what happened was she was sick. Through a series of events, they were losing their house. Said they needed an absolute miracle. She, this is, these were her words. She said, I took that word and I held on to it. And every time I got a foreclosure notice, I stood on that word. Every time the enemy came in and said, I'm going to take your house, I'm going to take your family, I stood on that word. These are her words now. And all of a sudden, sitting at her table, it must have been the first week of December, she gets a knock at her door. She goes to the door, and it's one of her neighbors. He says, are you Christine? And she said, yeah. And he says, um, you don't know me, but God sent me to your house today. He said, um, I don't know you. I know your mom and daddy have a church over on the other side of town. He said, um, but while I was sitting at my breakfast table yesterday, God told me I was to come and help you with your house. I said, Christine, what would it take to get you square with your house again? And she said, she said I had just been sitting and I, I had all the numbers down in front of me because this is what I was believing for. She said I needed, I, I think it was $80,000, something in that ballpark. This young man pulls a check out of his pocket and writes it for $80,000. And they went from being homeless almost to being mortgage-free. Now, that's an awesome testimony. But she had another 100000 I don't remember the exact numbers, okay? This is, this is a couple years ago, and I haven't shared this testimony in a minute. But uh, she had another large bill. It was her hospital bills. He said, the Lord also told me to help you with your hospital bills. And he said, do you happen to know what that was? And it was another number in that same ballpark. And he pulled out another check. Ain't nobody going to help me today. And he wrote a check out and paid for her hospital bills as well. See, friend, God is getting ready to open a door for you right now that no man can open, but no man can close. Now she's one of our, I was texting her right before the service. She was on my heart so heavy because of what I was, I was preaching. Pastor, that opened a door for me. I went there last March and preached a, a night of revival. Oh my, the power of God fell. Oh my goodness, this, this church out in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. But they, uh, they have a basketball team and a soccer team and a baseball team. I forget what all they've got. Their girls basketball team has been the champion, the United States champion. For years, I mean, we're talking to a school, and I think they got, um, you know, under 100 kids. But their girls' varsity team is one of the best in the nation. God will open up a door for you that no man can open. I mean, just, just one more. God opened up a door. You, you see where I'm going with this? I walked through that door, and God gave me favor with people. They invited me back to have revival in, I think we were there in August or September, the last service, I'm sitting there, and there's a young man playing the guitar. And the Lord spoke to me and said, 
His name is Michael. He said he's not just a Michael, Michael. He is like the angel, Michael. Lord says, I, I want you to let him know that I've made him a warrior. At the end of the service, I started praying for people. I, I forget how many people we had to give their hearts to, to the Lord that day, but uh, it, it was a bunch, you know. I don't remember the exact numbers. But there he stood in the altar that day, weeping before God. And I went up to him, and I said, son, I don't know your name. I said, but the Lord told me that he calls you Michael, and he calls you a warrior just like and he fell out under the power of God. Of course, I don't know these people. It's my first time there, and the church was shouting, and they were excited, and his mama came up to me and took me by the hand and said, Brother Benny, you didn't know his name was Michael? And I said, no, ma'am, I, I did not know that. And she said we wanted to name him after the warring angel because we needed him to be a warrior. Come on, somebody. God opened up a door. Friend, God is getting ready to use his anointing. He is going to use his presence to open up a door for you, to give you a master key that nobody else can open. If necessary, God will open up a door of blessing, a door of healing, a door of miracles, doors of breakthrough. Uh, years ago, he might open a little door, and a little door will turn into something amazing. Years ago, we had a precious little lady named Della Hamilton invited us to come and preach at her church, country church, out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you, you ever been to one of those places that they tell you, go down to Grandpa's Rock and turn left, and then go down to where the old barn was? They tore it down years ago, but it's where the old barn was, and then turn right there, and then just go about, oh, you know, about as far as a bird flies, and then turn left. <laughs> that's, that's directions to this church. And so we, um, we get there. <laughs> I want you to know we got there and we had great service power. God moved. Maybe there was 20 people there. But for the first three years of our ministry, Pastor, God supported our ministry from those, that handful of people. God opened up a door. I have learned, listen, I've preached in churches that, you know, you had to squint to see the back of. And I've preached in living rooms. And I have learned that God don't care the size of the building. He doesn't care. And I have learned and watched him use that handful of people in the living room more than he was able to use a multitude. Can I just be honest with you? The largest offerings our ministry has ever received has not come from mega churches. They've come from small churches. Isn't that, isn't that unbelievable? Every time. But I believe it's because there is a hunger that's in places just like this. There's a hunger that says, God, I want you more than I want the crowds. God, I want you more than I want finances. God, I want you more than I want notoriety. Listen, this preacher's not looking to be on TBN. I'm not looking to be on Daystar. Star, I don't need my face on the cover of Charisma Magazine. When I am remembered, I want to be remembered as a man who loved Jesus and was sold out to him. I want to be remembered as a man who won sold, who led people to Jesus everywhere he went, that people got saved, they got healed, they got set free by the power of God. My God, open up a door for us that only you can open. Don't in, don't in your humility miss the opportunity to walk in greatness because you can walk in greatness and you'll, you'll recognize it is not your greatness, it is his. It is his. You point that glory to him. People come to us all the time and they'll talk about how our ministry has affected them and I'm thankful for that. But that goes in one ear and out the other. Please hear what I'm saying. Because I know that it's not me that can do it. I know that, that on my own I couldn't come up with five minutes if I had to stand in front of people by myself. But I know it is the anointing of God that will give me the right words at the right time. 
that God will open up a door that only God can open. Step up your little hands and just love on Jesus for a minute. I want to make sure I'm done. If I'm not done, I want to keep going, but if I'm done, I need to be done. Lord, I just thank you for this night. God, I thank you for that all that you have done, Lord. Lord, go ahead and stand up on your feet. Pastor, if you could play some music, that'd just be awesome. Lord, I just love you, Lord. Lord, I just love you and I praise you, God.